Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. You've never met me as Pastor Craig and Adios here. My name's Luke and I have an honour of being a part of the team, but I really do believe God is calling us into a great great season and uh, a lot has happened. Normally I would like to get here at least once if not twice a year, but as we were doing the numbers, I think it was March 2019, since the last time. That's a long time. Sounds like a long time. A lot's happened then, since then. Uh, We've had COVID times four. Uh, We've (laughs) now, as a church, moved into two services in the morning. My receding hairline's getting worse, so I'm now using the number one buzz cut, and uh, my kids are getting older. There's all sorts of good things that have been happening over the last season of time, but I fundamentally believe God always has more for us. In the future, and we're going to come around God's word. I believe in the power of God's word. And if you are here for the first time, I pray it speaks to you because this is not just for those that have faith, but I believe today is a moment for every single one of us uh, to be imparted by the power and the presence of our incredible Savior. And uh, we are in a series known and talking around this idea of who do you say I am when it comes to Jesus? And last week, if you were here, Pastor Craig shared a great message on the fact that Jesus is our helper. The truth is Jesus has many names. The Bible talks about this. We serve an incredible God, not just a credible idea. And Jesus presences himself. And in fact, if you read through scripture, you will find that Jesus is known as the Savior. Jesus is known as our provider. Jesus is known as our redeemer. Jesus is known as the bread of life. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is both the lion and the Lamb. Jesus is the Word. He is the Good Shepherd. He is the Carpenter. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is all we need. And whether you're in this room or you're there online, I believe that Jesus is wanting to meet you today. And I'm going to look at a title of Jesus that may not be common to people or one that you think I would choose, but it's simply the thought that Jesus is the gardener. Because I believe today Jesus wants to enter the room of our lives and cultivate new life. And so if you've got your Bible, because we're in church and it's a good thing to do, uh, turn to page 804. (laughs) Turn to the book of Mark chapter 4, which is 804 in my Bible, the New Living Translation. If you don't have your Bible, we got you on the screen. You can read along with me. And this is important because this is a parable Jesus taught in parables so that he could bring the wisdom of heaven down into our finite, small, puny brains and allow us to outwork the goodness of God here on earth. And it says this in Mark chapter 4, verse 3, Jesus speaking, listen. Now, I'm just going to stop there because this is an important word. There's a very real difference between hearing and listening. Both have sound entering your ear canals. One, hearing is passive audio, but listening is to be attentive. And Jesus makes a point here. I'm about to tell you something you need to lean into because if you're not careful, you'll hear it, but you won't hear it. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil, 
with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. How many have met some shallow people in their lives where some things happen, but then verse 6 kicks in, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Gone in a moment. (laughs) Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. Everyone say fertile soil. And they sprouted, they grew, and then produced a crop that was, watch this, 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. 30, 60, and 100 times the reward, 100 times more than the seed that was planted. Then he said, Jesus speaking, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, thank goodness for the disciples because they were not so clever at times. And this passage goes on to say, Jesus, we, we need to, we're listening, but we need to understand. And in Jesus' graciousness, he actually goes on, I think it's in verse 14, he explains what this means because it kind of makes sense. Okay, that makes sense that if seed falls on the footpath where there is no soil, it won't grow. It makes sense that if there's things in the way that seed's going to have a hard time growing. But I believe today Jesus wants you and I to understand what he's saying. And it goes on in verse 14. Jesus says, The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. That seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. You know those people? They're here and you're like, oh, this person is on fire for Jesus. And then COVID hits and you're like, where did they go? They get excited, they receive it with joy, but they're all too quickly taken out. And they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, hashtag COVID, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, watch now, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept. Those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for not only the encouragement, but I believe the challenge for us to have a look at the soil of our lives. We thank you, you're a God who is always scattering seed, always investing into who we are and always calling us to produce a 30, 60, 100-fold type of life. But I pray that in these next few moments, You would speak to us and bring us to a place, not of condemnation, but conviction. To say, Lord, where are we at when it comes to the soil of our life? Because we want to believe for so much more. We want to step in to what you have. But I pray that whether it's our first time in a room like this, first time online, or like myself, we've been doing church a little while. Would you lead and guide us into all truth in Jesus' mighty name? And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I don't know if you've ever tried to give something a go without really knowing what you're doing. 
You know, you just think, this is going to be a great idea. I have three kids, Ruby, Bella, and Cruz, but when my second child, Bella, was born, she discovered at a very young age a love of strawberries. So much so that it was pretty much just all she wanted to eat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't know about you over here in Melbourne, but in Auckland, strawberries are not cheap. In fact, not much is cheap these days anymore, but... I remember having a great idea. I am Dutch by heritage, and so I like to save a penny, as people that know me know. And I thought, how hard could it be to grow my own strawberries? I reckon I could give it a crack to be a professional strawberry farmer. And so I went out, I bought some wood from the local Bunnings. I created a two-by-one patch. I went to Bunnings again. I bought strawberry soil. That's right, yeah, I'm just going all out here. Cost a little bit more. I thought, well, if I'm going to give myself the best chance of being a professional strawberry grower. Put that in there, went down to the local strawberry farm where we get the real fruit ice cream because it's good ice cream, so I thought they must be good strawberries. I bought six plants, and I proceeded to plant them. I watered them, put them in a sunny spot. I watered them, let the sun do its thing. I watered them, and not long after they were planted, I was feeling good about life. It was like I had been made for this. (laughs) I made sure my neighbors knew, oh, I'm just out here picking my strawberries. But between the birds and Bella, I personally didn't reap the reward of those strawberries, not too much. But not long after those strawberries started to produce fruit, I started to notice a bunch of things that took place in the strawberry patch. And I believe today... Uh, We're going to go on a little bit of a journey that hopefully helps you and I identify maybe some of the things I noticed in that patch, some of the things we're noticing in the scripture are maybe things that are going on in our world. And I do believe that this is not just a word that is going to be a bunch of information, but I believe a transformation moment where we're going to have some time to pray for some people and believe that God would do what only He can do. (laughs) And the truth is, I like to think think I'm a strawberry farmer, but I'm not. (laughs) And this parable is a great reminder for every single one of us that if we're not careful, our lives can represent the footpath, can represent the soil with the weeds, can represent the soil with the rocks, can represent the soil of a fertile soil. By nature of just doing life, life can get in the way and we have to make intentional decisions as I've learnt with the strawberries to create room for the new to be birthed. In fact, I think every single one of us wants increase in our lives. Anyone in here ever woken up and gone, man, I am hoping today sucks? Doesn't happen. Because we are wired, hardwired to believe for more. But I've also discovered that even though God is God and God is good, He partners with us in his goodness by discovering that it is a relationship which means it's a two-way street and I believe that today God wants to increase your life he wants your life to be fruitful for the benefit of you but also for the benefit of the people around you in fact John 10 10 in the passion translation says this I have come to give you everything in abundance I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect life in its fullness until you overflow. The 30, 60, 100-fold 
increase in your life is God's desire. He has come to give that to you. But if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, the reality of our soil would determine how effective the increase will be. So the question I found in my own life and I'm finding when I look at this parable is that the problem is actually not with the seed, which is God. The problem, when I have one, is with the soil, which is me. And I, for one, don't want to stand up here and say I've got it all together because that would be telling a whole lot of lies. (laughs) But I do believe that every single one of us needs to understand we are on a journey in Him. And the enemy wants nothing more than to rob you from being committed to day by day putting foot in front of foot, in front of foot, falling, (laughs) getting back up, foot in front of foot. And it's at that decision point, we start to realize God's grace is more than enough. And actually, even if I've got a weed or two, his sun's still shining and the rain's still raining and growth will be a part of the equation. Jesus is the answer. And in fact, he's always been the answer. But I believe this passage or this parable wants to teach us a lesson or two today and acknowledge these four types of ground that we discovered. Simply put, I think the no soil, the pathway, is for people in here and maybe you're in a place where you're yet to discover the truth. There's areas in our lives where things get hard or we get hardened to it. But because of the reality of the footpath that was on soil and over soil, it was not allowing the seed to be sown. And maybe you're here, and the beauty is in Christianity, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. Maybe you're here and you're saying, oh, that's me. I haven't discovered the wonder of a relationship with Jesus. Well, the good news is you can. And the better news is you don't have to get it all right to discover it. All you've got to do is enter into a relationship. And relationship works when two parties agree. In fact, the Bible says he's already agreed. He already chose you before you could choose him, the Bible says. But I think the no soil speaks of this undiscovered truth. I think the rocky soil talks about, for some people that are here, you've got things in your world that are holding you to your past. I just want to take a moment to elaborate on that. I'm not just talking about the rocks of unforgiveness or the rocks of disappointment or the rocks of bitterness, but also the rocks of of celebration, of joy, of victory, the things you've seen God do that were so awesome back then. But if you're honest, they're getting in the way (laughs) of what was in your future in God because the seed can't have room to grow. Not just the hardened pathway soil, not just the rocky soil, but the thorny soil to me speaks of the challenge in our present day. There's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of stuff going on in our day, in our age, that doesn't make sense or is new to humanity that we haven't encountered. And so therefore, we live in a day and an age where everyone's opinion is not asked for, but given. (laughs) And everyone's opinion is accessible. And if we're not careful, it will choke out Not just the opinion of God's Word, but the very truth that is God's Word. 
starts to look a little bit like, did God really say? Starts a little bit like, wasn't this written all those years ago, not in the context of where we live today? It starts to look like all different shapes and sizes in the opinion of our society starts to choke out the truth of God's word. But the good soil represents the possibility of an incredible and increasing future. Life happens, and even though you and I have good intentions, sometimes it just has a habit of getting in the way. And so like I said, I'm going to take a moment to share from my professional strawberry farming days some observations I noticed that tends to happen when we have good intention, but life happens. See, I found when I planted these strawberries, six of them, an amazing thing happened. They grew. They grew because I had fertile soil. They grew because I had water and I had sunlight. And they grew because I bought them from a place that knew what they were doing. (laughs) But at the same time that they grew, something else happened. Weeds I did not plant grew. There was no photo on the strawberry soil packet that had weeds in it just strawberries. And I thought to myself, who's the devil that's come into my yard and planted weeds in my patch? (laughs) Truth be told, because the soil was fertile and the ingredients of growth were at play, not only did what I intended to grow grow, but life happens and the weeds grew. And it was interesting because they were very obvious to me they were weeds. They weren't strawberry plants. They were smaller. They looked different. And so as I went about my days, I would pluck those weeds out. Pretty simple. You get them early, they're good. Something else happened though. Not only did the weeds grow and the strawberry plants grow, but new plants grew. New strawberry plants that I did not pay for and did not plant grew. And I thought, I am bossing this. Look at you go, baby. This is, this is your calling. And I let these things grow and I let these things grow. And it was strange, though, because these strawberry plants seem to be growing at a faster rate of knots than those strawberry plants. In fact, I was getting a little bit concerned about how they were getting so close to the first strawberry plants. And then they started to flower. If you've grown strawberries, you'll know they'll grow a flower. And then the flower turns into a strawberry They looked the same. They flowered the same. But something happened. They never, ever produced a strawberry. And I discovered after doing some research that I wasn't so smart and they were weeds. They were able to imitate a strawberry plant, but they weren't able to produce a strawberry. And there's people in this room, like myself, where you have seasons of life where you want so badly to fit in or to be accepted that you, on the exterior, look the part. You might even come in here and lift your hands. But if you're not careful and you're not honest with yourself, it's imitation and will never actually produce what God wants you to produce. The only reason I found out they were Weeds was research and the fact that if you understand strawberry plants, now you might be more adverse in this than me, so correct me afterwards if I've got it wrong, but these plants would actually send out shoots 
So the six plants I had would send out shoots and those six plants became 12. Those 12 plants became 24 and so on. And soon before long, the six plants I had planted had now become a whole two by one meter garden of strawberry plants. The 30, 60, 100 fold was at play and it was a great thing. But what I came to discover in this process was that if we're not careful, the weeds in our life that need attending to, that take up the room, that never produce fruit, don't get looked at quickly because of just the natural circumstances of life that we're kind of tending to every single day and every single moment and every single, and we get distracted and before it's too late, what we thought was a strawberry plant was actually a counterfeit. I totally believe that the seed God has for you in your life cannot germinate unless your soil is ready. The beauty about God, <laughs> His lamentation says, His mercies are renewed every single day. So if you're sitting here going, yeah, it sounds good, but you don't know my life. You might be online, you're saying like, Luke, I get it, but I'm too far gone. No, every single day, God gives you and I the ability to get back up and to go again. And I believe today, for many of us, it's a get back up and go again moment. A get back up and a go again moment. I'm going to ask the team to come and join me. Maybe a weed in your life is a bad attitude, a relationship that's not that great and you know it. There's challenges when it comes to money and finances. Maybe there's sin in your life. And I pray that you wouldn't feel condemned, but you'd feel convicted because I found that I had to take out the imitation plants to create room for the actual plants to grow. But then I also found something that wasn't easy as a farmer to find. I discovered that after two or three seasons, the original, the OG six plants that had produced fruit and had blessed my daughter, had made me feel good about life, had actually finished their season in producing fruit and replanting themselves. And everything within me knowing how good they were was about throwing more fertilizer on them, was putting new soil around them, was trying to get them to produce what they weren't called to produce in this new season. And I actually had to cut the shoot that they sent out to allow that plant to do its thing and remove what was once fruitful to create room for what was to come. And it's incredibly hard if you've ever had something good happen in your life, it's incredibly hard to let go of it when you don't know what's next. But the parable is teaching us if you want 30, 60, or 100 fold in your life, for some people here, it's not just about letting go of the weeds and the bad stuff and doing a clear out. It's actually saying, you know what, God? I trust you more than I trust the blessing you gave me. In fact, practically, this is how it looked in my life. I've had many moments, but... Like any teenage boy, I had a great 1998 Honda Civic hatchback. It was red, had a uh, Fusion subwoofer in the boot, went doof doof, it was awesome. 
I love that car. I started to love cars. I graduated to, I think it was a 1999 uh, Mazda 3 or something like that. And I love that car. Never caused me a problem. Got it super cheap on a good deal. Never cost me any money. How many know as a teenage boy, that is, you know, that's God's blessing right there. You buy a car and you don't have to do any work on it. <laughs> but I remember loving that car. And I remember one day, God touching me on the shoulder, so to speak, and say, hey, you know that young guy in your church uh, down there in the South Campus that you love? Yeah, 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 he's awesome. Yeah, I want you to give him your car. Like, <laughs> get, away. get behind me, devil. <laughs> and I wrestled with it, I wrestled with it, I wrestled with it. And I did the good thing and told my wife, she's more spiritual than me. And she said, yeah, makes sense. I was like, no, it doesn't. We don't have another car. We got one car. It doesn't make sense. She's like, no, it makes sense in God. I get the same strong sense. And so I never, I'll never forget, I can picture it right now like it was yesterday. Sitting across the table with Melissa next to me and this young man, Josh, on the other side. And he said, what have I done? Am I in trouble? <laughs> I said, no, nah, Josh, you're not in trouble. But I just felt like God wanted me to tell you he loves you. He's got your back. I tried to pull the keys out. It was quite hard because I was st <laughs> still wrestling with it. <laughs> I pulled the keys on the table, I said, and I felt like God wants you to know that He loves you and this is, for some reason, gonna show you how much He loves you. And I slid my keys. I still remember the sound. I said, no, you know those movies? And they hit Josh's hand and I said, the car's yours. He's like, nah, nah, bro, no way. No way, get out of here. And he stands to his feet, he's about to stomp out. I was like, sit down, boy. <laughs> I said, Josh, sit down, I mean it. He's like, I'm not taking your car. I cannot take your car. I said, oh, awesome. <laughs> that's good, because that's what I was hoping for too. No. I said, Josh, I don't know what this represents to you, but I know that as good as this car is to me, and as much of it is a blessing to me, God wants you to have it. Tears streamed down his face. Turns out there was a whole process going on in the background I didn't know about where it was the exact answer. Josh needed to know that God was God for him. And it's a great story, nothing to blow up my own tires because then I had to get fit because I had to start walking everywhere until I could save up for a new car. But I was reminded again as we were preparing for the series that God doesn't just bless us so we can hold on to it. Like if He is a God of eternal nature, which He is, the seed is not the question. The soil and the readiness is. And as Josh started to tell me why and how it all came about, I started to cry myself because I said to God, I never want to lose sight of what you want to keep doing in me. Turns out two weeks later, after walking around for a while and trying to save a dollar here and a dollar there, by God's grace, a car came my way that was much better than that car and you know, you can never outgive God in your life time, but that's not what the story is today. It was that I actually had to be obedient to remove something that was fruitful to create room for what God had in my next. So I'd love every person in this room to stand to their feet and I want you to stay leaning in online because I believe God can reach you right where you're at and the team are here. We're gonna sing a song, Great Are You Lord? And if you're in a place, you say, you know what, Luke, this is a message for me. Well, join the club. Me too. 
I got stuff in the soil of my life. Maybe it's rocks, maybe it's weeds, maybe it's wrong thinking, it's bad attitudes. Then we're gonna take some time to pray for you. Online, we're gonna pray for you. You can reach out in the chat there and we'd love to take some time to pray for you. But here in the room, if you say, you know what? There's just something going on and I need prayer. We don't need to know all the details, but we will stand and believe that this would be a transactional moment in God here and in this place we would see God move. Because the truth is it might be a strange title or name for God that Jesus is the gardener, but if you understand the Bible, right at the beginning of humanity, it says God created Adam and Eve and He put them in a garden. And what He said to them, you have everything you need Leave this tree and enjoy everything else. In fact, if you read the Bible, it says, tend to the garden. Their worship was tending to what God had given them. In this moment, our worship is tending to our own garden and heart and say, God, I don't have it all together. Here I am, the good, the bad, the ugly. I just need and I want you. And I want to till the soil of my life to create the room for the seed of God's life to be imparted. So as the team worship, if you know that's you, don't wait. We don't have all day, but say, you know what? I'd love someone to stand and pray with me. Then why don't you come? And let's believe for God to move in His powerful and mighty name and way. Man, I so want what God has. Well, it starts out of an acknowledgement that you're in need of Him. And maybe you've been in church a little while or maybe it is your first time you're online, you're here in this room and you're hearing God's Word. It's called the good news for a reason. When you encounter Jesus, it's a good thing. You know, you don't sound any different. You don't smell any different. In fact, you go back to the same house with the same problems and the same kids and the same workplaces and all, all the things are there but there's a significant difference that takes place on the inside when you meet Jesus. Now you have hope in a hopeless situation. Now you have life even though you're living with decay around you. Now you have an answer for your every need because His name is Jesus. But the Bible says that for Him to enter into our heart and life, we must open the door. In fact, the Bible says He stands at the door and He knocks waiting for anyone to open. The moment we say, come in, is the moment He does. He is the God of all creation. He created you, He created me. Everything you see, you feel, you touch is because of God. But I wonder for a moment if you know Him as your Lord and your Savior. Because we can ask for the 30, the 60, the 100-fold type of life, but it starts by saying, you know what, maybe, maybe just maybe the footpath is a representation of my life and I need the jackhammer of God, so to speak, to break open the hardened heart to allow the seed. Because the moment you discover the wonder of a relationship with Jesus is the moment germination takes place. The moment fruit starts to be a part of your world. The moment you start to live an incredible life because of Jesus. You know, God sent His Son. In the form of Jesus, a seed was sent to the world and those who received Him received eternal life. And right now, I'd love every head to be bowed, every eye to be closed. And if you're in this place, you say, no, Luke, you're talking to me. I haven't received Jesus for myself. Well, the good news is it's not about joining a church. It's not about getting it all together. 
In fact, all it's about, the Bible says, is a belief in your heart and a confession with your mouth that He is Lord and you shall be saved, the Bible says. All your eternity secure. All your past forgiven. In one moment of decision and saying yes to Him. And I'd love to pray a prayer in a moment, a prayer of inclusion, a prayer of invitation, a prayer of acceptance. But with no one looking around, you say, Luke, that's me. Maybe online right now you're saying, that's me. I want you to reach out. Let our team know. Say, hey, I'm making this decision. I'm wanting Pastor Luke to pray this prayer for me and with me. Or maybe you're in this room with no one looking around. Say, Luke, that's me. I know I need Jesus. Maybe you made that decision once, but if you're honest, maybe no one knows what's going on, but you know that you're away from God. Can I encourage you to come home? Or maybe you once heard about Jesus. Maybe you've never heard about Jesus, but you're yet to make a decision. Can I encourage you to make the greatest decision of all? A decision you will never regret. A decision to say yes to Jesus. So no one looking around say, Luke, that's me. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand long enough and high enough for me to see it. Once I see it, I'll say, you can put that down just so I know who I'm praying for. Online, you can do that by reaching out. But right now, if there's anyone here, just give me a quick wave. Say, yeah, that's me. Could you pray for me? I would love to pray for you because I believe this decision changes your life forever. Anyone at all just say, yeah, that's me. Just give me a quick wave. I don't want to talk you into it. Thanks, champion, because someone can talk you out of it. But if you know your heart is away from God right now, why don't you join this legend? Join those legends online. Say, yeah, could you include me too? Anyone else? Just give me a quick wave. Awesome, bud. Great decision. Great decision. Couple more moments, maybe 10 more seconds, and then we're going to pray. Say, Luke, that's me. Don't miss me. Just give me a quick wave. I'm here waiting for you right now. Awesome, honey. See your hand. Great decision. We're all going to pray this prayer together, whether you're in this room or you're online. I'm going to ask every single one of us to repeat these words after me. I'll give you the words to pray, but I want you to pray them like you mean them, like it's your prayer. And as you do, as you pray them and believe them, God's going to enter your heart and your life. You're going to uncover grace. You're going to, under, uh, uh, I guess, discover the wonder of the goodness of who God is. So why don't we pray these words? Say, God, today, I give you my life. I'm sorry for my sin and trying to do my own thing. Today, I choose you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for loving me, forgiving me, and giving me a fresh start. I declare I'm a follower of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we celebrate every single person that made that decision? We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.